0: You're listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Hey, Have you all survived it? I heard on Friday, I think our kids were about to collapse in the heat, I was enjoying being on the beach at 9am painting for four hours, I'm not going to lie, it was an absolute joy as you just watch all these people come on and relax and I'm thinking life does not get much better than that. If you were in work, oh well, moving swiftly on. Okay, so uh, we're continuing on with this uh, new strategy which is come and see, so if we can get the first slide up there, that would be great. Yeah, we go. So we're talking about come and see. So hopefully you've been taking out your come and see for a spin. Anybody like to come and see? Come and see. Come. Angie's is more of a swipe. I mean, it's a little violent, Angie, so we're going to have to work on that a wee bit more gently. But you want to be about come and see. Come and see something. We're going to look into that a little bit more this morning. So I want to speak about two things. The first is come and see why we don't bring an invite. Okay and we want to talk about that together and I'm going to ask you for your input in a wee second but we really want to do a conversation not in the uh, presence of condemnation cuz you can go oh well I'm really bad or that that phrase that I think's ridiculous I'm a really bad christian I'm like clearly you don't get what this whole thing's about We're not. We're just trying to figure this out. The more that we can go, I really struggle with this, the more that we can find healing and help in it. So the more uh, transparent that you are, the better. So we're going to talk about come and see why we don't bring an invite and then come and be seen, which is the next part of the process. So why we don't bring an invite. So tell me, maybe you have a friend that finds it difficult to bring an invite, but why wouldn't you bring an invite? A lovely woman in the front? you forgot. about it? you forgot? Well, you know, right, okay. I, and on busy, and yeah. okay and do you remember how uh, long a thought lasts for? A wee bit longer than that? Yeah. What did you say? No, no, have we any (laughs) inquiry? Clearly, my communication needs some work. Um, So two days, you've got got two days, two days, okay? And the greater that the impact that the thought comes with, you think about it, when the enemy whispers something to you, you're going to be hard-pressed to get off that. But uh, whenever God speaks something, it may come with a whole heap of wonderful stuff with it. You've got two days. If you don't uh, start meditating on that, then that's going to dissipate. So, we've got to be intentional. So, you forget. I actually didn't have that one down. Anybody else, why wouldn't you invite? I feel a bit awkward, sometimes. awkward or? Yeah. yeah. Awkward or embarrassed? The Say that again? Right, okay. So, your imagination as to what it might be like robs you of what it could be like? Yeah. Okay. Anybody I would get connect with that. There's times where I'm like, oh goodness. Last night I was in the, the garage and the girl said to me, what was it? Something had happened. And I, a couple of things, I said, I brought my bag and she said, oh, don't you always feel like you're winning at life when you bring a bag to, to a grocery store when they ask you, do you need one? You're like, no, no, I have one. And then I had just the right amount of change and she said, I could really do with your luck. And I knew it was an opportunity. I could say, it's not luck. I can tell you what it is if you want. It's not luck. And I walked off and I had all that good stuff after I left and I didn't go back in because that would have been really awkward. Excuse me, can we have the conversation that we should have had in that moment? And you know the way you said that and I said that and she looks at me and goes, Have a nice evening, sir. Walk or on. You go back and do that maybe and maybe she goes, Actually, i to have a conversation. <sighs> conversation you've had school and then the next week you go in and see the Yes. And actually, the more mature we get, we can just go, this is awkward. Negative reality. Andrew has taught a lot about the negative realities of life. When we know that we've got to have an awkward conversation, well, when you know what's awkward, you're not going to be surprised. The, the ones that are really difficult are you're like, this is going to be easy. Yeah. And you walk in, you go, how about that? And they go, Why would you say that? That's a bit (laughs) confrontational. I had one of those this week. Uh, I uh, did something and the person kicked off, took offense, boom, went up in the air. And I afterwards was going, I don't actually understand what happened here. So they're the really awkward ones that normally kind of sideswipe us. Okay, so we've got forgotten and we've got embarrassment and awkwardness and perceived like what it's going to be like or the difficulty of what it's going to be like. Anybody else? Okay, so you make an assumption that they're going to say no, and therefore you don't. Okay? Fear. Just go straight to the core there, Emmy. Fear. Any particular brand of fear? Yeah, yeah, I get it. OK, anybody else? Um, I think for me, I, I think it's OK asking people, but once they say, OK, you know, I'm not really, you know, and don't come, then you just never ask them again, because then really you can going to get the issue. So yeah. if you throw that out, it's usually, I think, like, it's a quite natural conversation. You go, you should come, it'll be really good. You just sort of do come, so you never have to go there again. Yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely some, I would often say you're welcome anytime, yeah. but there's definitely the moments where it's the no risk, no reward, where you push it forwards a bit, listen, I think you might benefit from being here, and then they maybe avoid you, or I don't know, maybe it, it I don't know, but yeah, I hear you. yeah anybody else So you actually f- yeah okay, so you don't actually really like or warm to the person, <laughs> but you feel so if, so if Anna's invited you to be here this morning <laughs> And, and then the negative reality is that we don't, we don't like people all the time. I remember one guy, I was on a, I was on a trip to, thank you for being honest. It's very honest. Yeah. It, is true. it is true. We're always sitting here thinking of people that we know and we like, and then we think we think. We're not thinking of the people we don't know, well, we don't know what's like, but we don't like, and we also don't think we will all Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. And we, we invite after our own kind. We do. And, and that's appropriate and that's okay. Unless you have clear leading from the Spirit. And we all can say, well, I don't know what that is. You do. Unless you have clear leading and you need to really, as Anna said, get over yourself and do that. I remember being in, I was in West Africa. Um, it was a really, really horrible time, really, very difficult. And there was a guy on the team and uh, he was just annoying. I just found him really annoying, and I just didn't have time for him. Then we were having some odd things happening, um, some demonic stuff going on, uh, which I'd never experienced before. That was interesting. And uh, we took communion. Commun- communion? It's one of those words I struggle with sometimes. We took it, and, and the balcony, I think we had Coke and bread. It's all about symbols, so we shared communion. And from that moment on, I totally saw that guy different differently. I could not get enough of his wisdom on what he had to give me. It was just a profound change. I, I, and we have our set of assumptions about people. You know, the older you get, the more nervous you are is to the risk of relationships, whether that's friendships, because we've all been burnt and had difficulties and things. So yeah, there's certainly a dying to, to self in it. So here's what I had. Maybe you're unsure uh, uh, yourself about being here. You don't know. You're not sure. You haven't made up your mind yet. Um, Maybe you don't invite anybody to anything. Uh, Andrew mentioned sheep stealing last week. I hadn't thought of that one, but maybe the person's already in church and you're thinking, I I don't want my intentions not to steal you, but I I want you to come and see and you're welcome. Then what if they don't like it? Uh, What if they think it's weird, particularly the corporate prophetic and the response? And the the wonderful thing is here, if you're not responding, you're actually in the minority because the majority do respond. So that's a strange environment as well, if you've not been used to that. Um, What if they don't come full stop? The awkwardness of that, you've invited them, you've said you'd enjoy this and they they don't bother coming. And also then, uh, I like my uh, youth group or my church or my small group the way it actually is. And John Wimber told a great story. He was inviting everybody and everyone to come in, and they were coming in. And this old lady uh, said to him, uh, you have ruined my church. You have ruined my church. Look what they're doing to my church. And he put his arm around her, and he started to cry with her. And he said, I know, but we couldn't leave them out there. This does not exist for us. It does it does. It does. It absolutely does exist for you. But the further you go on this journey, it doesn't actually exist for you. It exists for them, for the outward, or we want to be outward facing to invite others to come in. I want to suggest that the main inhibitor, sorry, Pete, there we go. We'll just skip that, come and see, come and be seen. The main inhibitor is fear and intimidation, and the next slide is this verse. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in and puts his confidence in the Lord will be exalted and kept safe. Now, the word fear there is the Hebrew word charad, And if you know me, I love digging into this stuff. Let's go back to the original language, which is trembling, fear, anxiety, and terror ascribed to supernatural cause. Terror uh, ascribed to supernatural cause. And the word snare is "mukesh." which, uh, or yakosh, which is a noose for catching animals, literally or figuratively, a hook to be ensnared, or actually, if you're into fishing, which, you know, I've dabbled a bit, or a lure, so it's actually a trap, okay? So it's a snare around you. And we have got to remember that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You're not actually afraid of that person. You're afraid of what's behind that person. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now we had an awkward conversation in our house a couple of weeks ago, and when I'm asked a direct question off guard, I'm going to be giving a direct answer. I have matured in that, that's why I need to be not caught off guard but Isaac had said to me, "Um, are demons real? I said, absolutely. And then he was asking other questions and you could see his eyes widening going, oh no, oh no. And I said, but you don't need to be afraid of that. You don't. It's not a fair fight. We win. It's not a big deal. I mean, they'll kick and scream and say all sorts of things, but, and it's not a big deal. But as long as you're intimidated by those things, they have power over you, the power of suggestion. So we've got to remember that our battle is not against flesh and blood. For God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, a sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So if God didn't give you fear, who on earth did? He didn't bring it along. And yet, I would suggest for most of us, we have lived, and if you want to hear more about this, go to the Mind Matter series on our website, fear. Actually, we have, we have so been accustomed to yield to it with, that we feel that it is the voice and the feeling that we've got to yield to above and beyond every other voice. I certainly have had that t-shirt. If you're yielding yourself to fear, you know that feeling that comes over you, which will only intensify and tighten its grip if you yield to it, you are not bowing your knee to Jesus Christ. And it's going to require everything within you, particularly if you have a pattern of doing that, to go, no, even though my body is shaking, my mind is overrun, maybe you're broken out into a cold sweat, you can, in Jesus' name, say, no. You must yield yourself now. Because they know. They know better than you know. The enemy knows who Jesus Christ is. You might not fully, but you start saying no. They have to yield themselves. They have no option. Take it out for a spin. So the next time you're terrified, in Jesus' name, no. Ask for the presence of God and you take authority and say, no, in Jesus' name, I'm not doing this anymore. Or get the hell out of here is one of my fond phrases that I tend to use, because we don't want it around us. Fear is a liar, and it is a great, the great acronym is false evidence appearing real. And fear is pathetically weak compared to love. It really is. Love always wins. And discipleship is the journey of becoming more like Jesus who is completely whole and is unintimidating. Now, that might feel like that is a million miles away and that's okay. I am certainly not there yet, but I am more there than I've ever been. This is an incremental journey and we've talked about this lots. It doesn't change overnight. It doesn't. And even the overnights happen because of incremental and slow and steady growth. So remember that fear is pathetically weak compared to love. Intimidation will hinder you in everything that you do, what you wear, what you say, how you act, how you respond, when you're asked what restaurant you want to go to, the decisions that you make with your life. It's going to have an impact everywhere. So if you've conviction that this is true for you, and remember there's no condemnation here, you don't want to remain that way. You want to get free. And it's the invitation to say to others, come and see and let that journey be a catalyst in your own personal journey of discipleship towards wholeness. And if they don't come, you've done something in overcoming that fear and intimidation to invite them. This is about a journey that you have with Jesus and part of that is to invite others to have theirs too. Our soulless responsibility is to issue the come and see. If they take offense, if they're receiving something that's not present, we are not responsible for how anyone feels now. Would anybody in this room have ever said, whenever you said that, you made me feel so ashamed? Isaac, straight up. Anybody else? Anybody else? When you said that, you made me feel so awkward. Okay, thank you for your transparency. (laughs) The truth is that nobody can make you feel anything. You're actually responsible for your own feelings. And that's a very powerful moment because actually Jesus didn't say, living waters are gonna come from outside to inside of you. He said, where do living waters are up from? Where do they come from? They come from within to without. So we can, the more mature that we get, be in the most horrendous of circumstances and start to be a little geezer of the presence of the Spirit that brings effect and change, and the water of the Spirit comes and starts to put out the fires that are all over the place just because He's present. It's, I mean, it's, it's tough. It burns a little. It's like, oh, geez. it's actually much easier to live that uh, I'm victim to what you've just said to me but it is a much better way to live to go. I'm actually responsible for what I'm feeling, which means the power is within your control to be able to make change within yourself. You're not responsible for anyone, for their feelings, for how they act, or for how they react. And often the Holy Spirit will get you into trouble. Now you're responsible for your children. There are those that you have right and godly responsibility for. But often we are being overly responsible for things that we don't need to take responsibility for. So I was uh, caught speeding. I was doing... Were well, you? Yeah, I'm so not happy to be in that club. You seem to be quite happy to be there. Um, but anyway, I, got, I was uh, done for doing 40 and 30. And um, the postman came to the door and he rang the door. And he said to me, what's your name? And I said, my name's Colin. And he said, listen, I'm just so sorry. I mean, like, I just feel so responsible uh, for having to give this to you. Because, I, I mean, I'm aware that I'm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's difficult for all of us. But, I mean, this is 60 quid. And, I mean, if it's not 60 quid, and you're going I'm not doing that class. I would rather take the three points. Um, you know, it's going to be more money. And, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. Or <laughs> It's a good class. Thanks, Angie. Thanks, um, Angie. But, you know, and we stood there and I was going, mate, you're not responsible for what you're delivering. Like, I mean, he just, no, he, he just popped it through my door. We are so often taking responsibility for things that we are not actually responsible for. We're the vehicle that they come through. And often God will get you into trouble. I remember one time, I just, somebody said something. They said uh, it was uh, my words. They said, you know, my words won't return to me null and void. And I, in my innocence, said, is it not God says that? And they exploded at me. I was thinking, gee, what am I dealing with here? And the next day they rang really, really repentant. Said, I'm so sorry. It's going to get you into trouble. And that's okay. Because we're not... Called to be our own, we're called to be His, and He can do with us as He wishes. Now you get to decide as to whether that's going to be the case, but the sooner that we take responsibility for that which we have responsibility for, it all gets a lot easier. Like when people come to me and say, "Do you know what's happening with the interns?" and normally they don't know because they know that my answer would be, "That's an Andrew question," because I'm not responsible for that. So we want clear and clean lines of responsibility. We're only responsible for ourselves, and we're only responsible for the sin that we are convicted of that the Spirit brings to our attention for ownership and repentance. Because we can try and strong-arm people into conviction, but has it ever worked? Has it ever really worked? Maybe you've felt guilty but it actually hasn't brought about the fruit of repentance and it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance and that's a good job because you're like, oh my goodness, I have really messed this up and you own it and actually then there's change. So how do we overcome intimidation? Well, we stop living by the equation thought plus feeling equals reality and if you want to learn more about that, then I think there's a whole message about that in the Mind Matters series. Um, what we want to do is apply 2 Corinthians ten five to our thought life. This is one of your homework verses. We have not forgotten. We are going to start to roll out a homework. Hopefully it'll be fun. But the, the fact is that we've all got to learn scripture because we need it. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So please, please, please assimilate these verses into your life. Wear them as glasses in your life. Memorize them and bring them to mind as you go about your life. Next time you're afraid, remember. Please remember that you can on our graced and actually biologically designed to hold every thought captive and lead it away in obedience to Jesus Christ. Okay, so next we're going to just hold there for a second. We're going to talk about come and be seen. Has anybody got any questions about what it is that stops us from asking others to come and see? Anybody slightly irked? Are we all okay? Okay, let's move on. Any questions? You want to meet and chat about it? You know that I'm always here and my door's always open and I'd be delighted to do that. We're going to look at come and be seen. So I don't know about you, but I really enjoy being around, and I'm intrigued by people who seem to know more about me than I do and care for me. Anybody else? Maybe you've, have you had that? way, yeah, like sometimes you meet people, like when I first met our boss, he met me and he said, we are so delighted to have you. We're really privileged to have you here. I was thinking, do you know something that I don't know? I am um, uh, in my early 20s now, before I met Claire, I dated an older wo- woman, an older woman, can't lie, I've always had a thing for cougars. Uh, you you can tell, uh, the, oh, sorry that was a direction to me, I was actually, uh, so when I was sitting on the beach in Helens Bay, this guy Tony comes down and says, can I, can I sit, and we were just chatting and really getting to know each other, and anyway, uh, we were just talking about our wives, and I said, my wife's uh, four years older than me, and he said, oh, you married a cougar then? I was like, yeah, I did, <laughs> I don't know why, it's great. You like that? I thought that would have got more of a laugh. Moving swiftly on, so this girl really loved Jesus, and one night she stopped me dead and said, "You have wasted so much time." I was like, "What?" I said, "You have wasted so much time." She was crying. Like always, notice when people are caught off guard and they're emotional about the things that they're saying to you about you. You've wasted so much time, and I said, "What do you mean?" Said you have compared yourself to others. You've compared your life to others. If only you knew who you really are. I'm in. I'm, I mean, that's it right there. That is discipline and that is encouragement. And that is God. That is the way that God does it. It is married together beautifully. This kind of slap and a hug at the same time. Have you had that? Isaac did that with me one time. I think he was three or four. Do you remember that night? he said to me, Dad, I really love you, but you're missing it. I'm going, huh? He said, I really don't want to be, do you remember? I really don't want to be rude to you, Daddy, but you're missing it. You're really missing it. And Claire's sitting there going, mm-hmm. do you hear? And I was like, yes, I hear. Isaac's practically weeping, saying this again and again. Claire's in the corner going to let you go to listen." Um, I, it was clearly the Spirit. I'm confident that he didn't know what was going on, but that was conviction of sin. Not at the minute, son. Just, well, you, you don't remember, which is actually testament to the presence of the Spirit. I am intrigued by those who seem to see more of me than I do, particularly when I know that they love me because I feel safe. You've wasted so much time. We are a mystery to ourselves. Anybody else? We really are. We don't know why we do the things that we do. We don't know why we react the way we do. We're embarrassed most of the time if people only knew that that was difficult for us. Hopefully here you're finding that it's safe to go. Actually, I find that really difficult. And you're going to be welcomed and actually cared for and helped and nurtured rather than, really, you struggle with that? We all really desperately want to be truly seen and heard. Am I right? Is that not part of the thing in relationships? You're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. Do you not see me? Do you not see what I've done or what I'm doing or what I'm trying to say? And God has designed us to be divined by a voice from outside of ourselves. We all knew that to be true. Tell me who I am. Please vindicate me. Please confirm what I hope to be true. Please don't confirm my deepest fears. We're designed to be defined by His voice, but in the absence of His voice, you and I are going to listen to every other voice that comes across our path, aren't we? And we've been damaged, bruised, kicked, stabbed, beaten up, rendered unconscious, slapped about a bit by all sorts of voices and all sorts of things that have been said to us. And when we feel that crushing feeling, the enemy disciples us to believe is actually the voice of God, you know that one—the deep sinking feeling that comes on you when somebody says something and you think it actually is true. If you knew your homework verses, what verse would you apply to that one? Say that again. We but not Philippians four. Well, that fits, but there's one that's much more specific to it. Anybody? That's it. Proverbs 15:4. A deceptive tongue crushes the spirit, but the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. I had, I had done something for someone and I was delivering it last night, and I got into the car and I thought, oh, I had this sinking feeling that I had just mixed it up and I'd have been around the wrong way, accompanied by you always do that. And then what came to my mind was a deceptive tongue crushes the spirit, and I thought I don't think I have. And when I opened it up with them, actually, I had done it right and it was okay. I mean, that's just a silly wee thing. But if I can catch him there, then I can catch him with the bigger stuff. Here's the truth. That crushing feeling is demonic. It's not true. When God speaks to you, it always comes with a peace. It always comes with a little tingle of joy to it, even when there's a slap in it as well. It's not true that you are your deepest fears in Jesus' name. It's not true. You're a child of the King, and He has great things to say to you. You're designed, and we're designed, for approval. And the Father spoke to Jesus so that all those around Him could hear. Do you remember Matthew 3, 17? This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased and delighted. Put it into our language. I love This boy, I love him. You've got to listen to him because I'm really excited about who he is. He makes me so happy and I am really, really, really delighted with him. Would God say that about you? No, I couldn't. That was Jesus. Not a mission. He will. Do you know how many times I've experienced his love? I couldn't count. Do you know how many times he's thanked me? After I've walked away from something? My goodness. And yet, would you not do that with your children? Could you grab my socks for me, son? They bring them. Thanks so much for doing that. Why would he not? He's a good father. He wants you to hear his voice. Do not discount yourself from hearing his voice. Today, you want to hear his voice, don't you? If this is just me, what are we doing? His voice is the only voice in the end that matters. If you listen to his voice and live in response to what he says, you'll actually have the approval of all of those that matter. And actually, even if you didn't, it wouldn't matter because you know that he loves you and approves of you. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve says this, For now in this time of imperfection, we see in a mirror dimly a blurred reflection, a riddle, and an enigma. And then when the time of perfection comes, we'll see reality face to face. Now I know in part just in fragments, but then I'll know fully, even as I have been fully known by God. Would you say by being here that you feel that you've been seen? Would you say that you're beginning to know yourself a little bit more? the good stuff and the bad patterns or the difficult patterns that you have? Do you feel that those around you care for you and actually want to hear what's going on with you and aren't going to shame you and avoid you because of the difficulties that you have? Hopefully that's the case. We're going to finish with this and look very briefly at Nathaniel. I'm going to pop this up here. Uh, I'm not going to read all the way through it because you all know the passage. You can glance through it. Um, But this is a... Jesus' calling of Nathanael. And Jesus uh, says something to him, as you can see there. Uh, Here is a true Israelite in whom there's no deceit. And Nathanael says to him, how on earth do you know me? And Jesus replied, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. And the fig tree was, uh, he would have known full well that the, the symbol of the fig tree was really, I saw you from the beginning. I saw you from the beginning of your life. And then Nathaniel gives this massive declaration, which is, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. And Jesus said to him, do you believe just because I told you that I saw you from the start? You're going to see greater things than these. And then starts to prophesy to him that the things that he's going to see. Jesus found Philip. Philip found Nathaniel, And Philip says to Nathanael that he'd found Jesus. Okay? So Philip is saying, listen, I found him. And Jesus is saying that he found Philip. So Isaac, come here for a second. What is it? Give me a wee hug. Who's hugging who? Emma. Right. So both are happening at the same time. Often God will give two perspectives of the one thing. You can sit down. Thank you. It's always good to get a hug. I would call you too, but I figured you might beat me up later. You're all right sitting there. So both, force come, both is happening at the same time. <laughs> Two things are going on at the one time. Jesus is finding you and you are finding him. And because you're finding him, you're telling others that you find him. You're bringing them to Jesus and Jesus is saying, I found you. And they're going, I found you. It's actually both is happening at the same time. Both are statements of ownership of the process. It's like an embrace, as I've just demonstrated. When we are found by Jesus, we will find Jesus. And not only that, we're going to find ourselves. You want to know who you are, do you not? You want to know what you have. As a leader, it's helpful to me if you have a handle on who you are. It's also helpful if I can see who you are too. But if you know in confident humility, yes, I can do that, then we can work really, really well together. So if you find Jesus and he finds you, you're not only going to find him, but through him you'll find yourself. Can I get the worship guys up, please? Nathaniel nearly missed it because he didn't like where Jesus was coming from. He was cynical because his understanding of the future was based on his past experience. So what stuff has happened in your past that you're letting prophesy and project onto your future? What is it that's not gonna happen because of your past? Because that's not true. You're not your past. You wanna be tomorrow's person here today. You're not the sum of the things that have happened to you. And Jesus tells us, like he told Nathaniel, the reality of who we actually are. Here truly as an Israelite in whom there's no deceit, we expect criticism, we get encouragement. Jesus' words call us to become everything we're created to be and it changes our view of ourselves. Please, I hope that that is happening here, that you're beginning to see that actually you're not the ivy, you're the tree underneath we'll discover that God was there all along. Would you like to stand with me? Because we want to respond to this this morning. And the revelation that we're known uncovers the divinity as to who Jesus is. So when you've heard him say to you who you are, you'll be undone, undeniably undone. And he'll envision you with a greater reality than you've ever, ever had before. So what do we do with this? Well, this is not about us here. We believe that he is present among us and he is. So what we want to call you to this morning is his presence. So have expectation that you want to hear his voice as to who you are. Some questions to help you to respond though. Are you struggling with any fear and intimidation and you want to overcome it? Or maybe you just want to want to overcome it. Do you want to see Jesus and be seen by Jesus? And then finally, do you want to be encouraged? Do you want to receive courage to step out and invite others to come and see and come and be seen? So if you can answer yes to any of these questions, come and join me now. I'm going to worship for a time. And then I'm going to lead us listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.